0: Actually that morning, her advisor told her she's gonna be just fine for retirement, but he didn't show her any plan. I met with her later that afternoon, same assets, same information she gave me, but I inputted all this information to my software and she was gonna run out of money at 77 years old. Well, that caught her attention. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen.
1: Well, 2020, is this the year you retire? Well, some people make excuses when it comes to retiring I mean, just things they, they kind of feel uncomfortable with. They don't want to take that next step. We're going to talk about those today. We're going to identify some of those excuses and really explore some of the meanings behind these reasons that people give for why they don't want to retire. And we're going to do that, as always, with Mike Coyanen, founder and owner of Principal Preservation Services. Mike, how you doing today?
0: I'm doing awesome. How you doing, Ben?
1: I'm doing well, uh, indeed, and getting off to a good start to this year. What's uh, what's new for you guys and uh, around the office? Anything?
0: Uh, a lot of things are happening. Um, <laughs> it's uh, planning educational seminars throughout the year. We're doing a lot of tax sam- uh, seminars right now, early in the year, getting people ready for you know taxis and tax changes. You know, we just uh, reset for a new year and I have new employees as well. So we got new people on the team as well.
1: Great. Well, listen. If you need resources, you can find them on Mike's site. And I hate thinking about tax time, but it's uh, it's right around the corner. It'll be here again before we know it. Uh, that's always the worst part to me about the new years, thinking about what you uh, may or may not owe in a few months. But all the resources you can find at principalpreservationservices.com. You can also call and schedule an appointment to sit down with Mike and his team. Uh, the number is eight five five nine eight seven eight 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 eight. Today we're talking about a few things. We're going to start with excuses people make to keep from retiring. And then we're going to have some mailbag questions a little bit later in the show. So make sure you stay tuned until the end some good listener questions that we've gotten in over the last few weeks that we will answer today. But when it comes to retiring, sometimes people say they don't want to retire. And sometimes they really mean that. That is a true statement a lot of times, but there's other times really it's just a defense mechanism to compensate for the fact that they don't feel like they can retire. So let's explore some of the possible meanings behind these statements, and let's begin with one that people use quite a bit, and that is, "I love my career, and you know people look they say this, and they you know maybe don't have any desire to quit working, but maybe what's the deeper meaning behind that statement Mike
0: Yeah, sometimes I think that's just a fear of not going to work. Some people are just have a, been born or been instilled in them to have that work ethic to get up and and work. their parents they saw their parents do that, and you know, in this area in Western Wisconsin and Minnesota, we see a lot of some people even grew up on the farm, and that's just what they did. They get up early, they work hard, they work all day, and you know, you hear that expression: "Is I don't care what part of the day you work; it's either the first twelve hours or the second twelve hours, but you got to work." And uh, I think it's that fear of actually being retired and not knowing, you know, what to do. And a lot of these people have the money to be retired, but. We've also, you know, and maybe it's a fear of if they feel they're going to retire, they're, they're not going to, you and know, we hear that fear of people pass away in the first couple of years of retirement, which is a scary uh, thing to uh, encounter and just dealing with that fact that we're getting older and we're, you're in that retirement age. But but also, you can't take your job with you, right? You know, if you were on your your deathbed, and I think the, one of the least things we'd say is, I wish I could have worked more hours. I think we'd say, I wish I would have spent more time with family, developing those relationships with your spouse and your your kids and grandkids more. Especially for those people who did work a lot of hours, and depends on what career some people are working fifty, sixty hours a week for decades, and that's all you knew how to do. So, I think it's more of a you know this is more of a psychologist point of view, counseling session here. But right. look at <laughs> look at maybe some of the deeper issues that are is going on. Is it really worth it? to work and if you had one one year two years of life left would you be working you know what are the most important things to you look at that
1: yeah and and look people in Wisconsin in Minnesota are known for their work ethic right I mean you you guys are yeah, grinders are. good after it, blue-collar people and so along those same lines is because of that you know people might think look if I'm not working if I'm not doing something every day I might be bored
0: mm-hmm. you know I, and that's I, the
1: other excuse they use
0: yeah we hear that too and that's that's the important part is uh, just picking the guys here maybe the guys uh, the wife already retired and uh, the spouse already retired and the husband's still working and you know because maybe she retired a little bit younger but she's on his health care so he worked till he's 65 but now you have it's it's different when you're home both home again you have to figure out how to work how to live together yep. when you're next to each other all day. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we you know, clients jokingly say, yeah, I make sure that he has to get out of the house or, you know, he has to go do something, go run errands. But it's a, it's a different phase of life where you have to get used to that. and But also find some kind of passion, again, not only just with your kids and grandkids. I think that's so important to, to be involved with them and instill the, the values that you've learned over the years into them and, you know, share stories with them. I don't think enough of that has been done to really uh the older generations to spend the time with the younger generations but but also find charities there's so many great charities that could use your talents and you can volunteer and once people get involved with that there's so many of my retired clients that said, i don't know how i had time to work because i'm so busy volunteering and spending time with my kids and grandkids and in you know, church you know whatever it might be that they're involved with That is, said i don't know how i had time to work and uh but look at those. You know, you might not think you have those talents and gifts to give back, but there's so many good charities out there. What are the things that you're passionate about? Get involved. Uh, So many people need your help.
1: Well, let's shift away from work and look at an excuse that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people have. And it's, look, it's only natural to be fearful of running out of money. And so, you know, that main excuse that people will throw out is, look, I don't have enough money to retire. But, Look, when you dive deeper into people's finances, sure, they might be naturally a little pessimistic and just concerned, but when you dive deep into your plan, if you've been doing the necessary planning, most of the time, you're maybe in better shape than you realized.
0: Yeah, I just had a meeting like that just recently where a gal came in, and she had opportunity to retire from uh, you know, hospital as a nurse for several years, and she's like, I don't think I have the ability to retire, and I ran the numbers, and she has the ability to retire and not run out of money in her lifetime. So the key is just sit, when you sit down and uh, some people just have that devil on your shoulder (laughs) telling you you don't have that ability, but you actually have to go do that planning because you know sometimes you you forget about you get the pension and they haven't put their time and, and energy to understand what their social security will provide. And when we can put that all into a retirement plan and project that out 10, 20, 30, 40 years into retirement, to show you what will things look like. And even projecting out long-term care needs, inflation, extra travel in the first five, 10 years of retirement. So we make sure that the clients understand really what they're coming into. Now, again, I sometimes there are people I, I tell, it was interesting, I just had another meeting recently with a gal, uh, met with her current advisor, and actually that morning, her advisor told her she's gonna be just fine for retirement, but he didn't show her any plan. I met with her later that afternoon. Same assets, same information she gave me, but I inputted all this information to my software, and she was gonna run out of money at 77 years old. Well, that caught her attention. She goes, well, that's not what he showed me. Yeah. Well, because he actually didn't show her anything. He just said she was gonna be okay. And so the key is, you have to get with somebody who's going to spend the time and think about all the, you know, future expenses that we're gonna deal with in retirement. What's Medicare cost? What's the supplement cost? What's inflation? When will the house be paid off? Sometimes we don't think about that because your expenses might be $6,000 a month today, but your mortgage is gonna be paid off and two years later in retirement and your expenses drastically drop down. And remember, you're funding your 401K. Most people are. their 401Ks, IRAs, and some of them are maxing them out, putting in over $2,000 a month. Well, once you take that out, you know, what are you really netting at your work? You might make a, a really nice income, but when you take off $25,000 in contributions that some people are putting in, what you really take home is different. So when we figure out what you're gonna net here in retirement, it might not be much different. We find some people are actually netting more in retirement than they were working. So the key is just getting that information figured out and have somebody run that plan.
1: Maybe that other advisor was uh, looking at her lifespan to be about 75 years old or something maybe that that's, was maybe uh, that was his excuse i don't know
0: that's that's sad i, I when people say <laughs> i don't have lo- longevity in my family i go well, i'm gonna at least push you out to 87. i, I want to be as generous as we can we need to plan and so yeah. let's let's plan for the worst but hope for the best and that's that's the key i don't want to take everybody's word for it they're going to pass at 75.
1: right well the last excuse that people make and really similar to what we're just talking about and that's really not having the confidence in their portfolio or plan or advisor to really walk away from work. So it's really them having to sit down and, and build a, a really a comprehensive income plan that they know will give them enough money in retirement so they have that confidence.
0: Yeah, and I, I say all the time, uh, you know, you have a pile of investments, but you don't have a retirement plan. You might have IRAs, just because you have IRAs and 401Ks and 403Bs does not mean that you have a retirement plan. You just have a pile of investments. It's the advisor's job to put that together into a plan. And um, you know, story after story. Here's another uh, client of mine that uh, became a client of mine a few years ago. But when he retired the year prior to when I met him, I says, "Well, I said, what gave you the confidence to retire?" And he just said that my advisor said I should be fine. So that's all I need to hear. So I retired. And I said he didn't do any illustrations. He didn't do any planning. Nope. He just said I should be okay. I said, "Well, that's pretty scary." Let's put together your plan. And unfortunately the way he was going it wasn't going to look very good and he had him very aggressively invested in a lot of stocks which is not where his tolerance was anymore he's already in retirement, and I've, almost all of his portfolio was in just individual stocks and um, so we did a plan for him and we compared the two and obviously you know the story is he's our client now but the key is are they re- people really putting together you know something that you can see and um, You know, a 401K is not a retirement plan. A 403B is not a retirement. These are employer-sponsored plans. They're important to be accumulating for retirement, but once you're in retirement, there's a different strategy, there's a different game plan. The IRS has different rules for 401Ks and 403Bs and 457 plans and IRAs. They're, They're taxed the same coming out, but they're treated different how you take them out. So that's so important to inform our clients when you're in those required minimum distribution age at 70 and a half that you need to know what the plan is, how to take that money out.
1: You know, and a lot of times it's because when we start, when we first start investing in in our retirement plans, we're not really taught that you're gonna need something beyond your company's retirement plan. A lot of times you just kind of assume that, hey, if I'm putting money in my, my company's retirement plan, I'm going to be, I'm going to be comfortable in retirement, but you're right. That's just one piece of what you're trying to figure out. And there's a last one, you know, reason why a lot of people have excuses like this and you're not ever going to get over those and feel comfortable unless you sit down with someone and actually air these grievances out and have that therapy session kind of, as you, as you mentioned, Mike, and and sit down and go through each of these items and have those conversations you'll know okay, I'm taken care of, my income's good, I don't have to work unless I want to work, here's some options I have, all these things you can take care of by sitting down with an advisor. So uh, check out Principal Preservation Services and, and Mike Coyne and his team. This is something they do every day with, with clients. So if you, are, uh, if you need some addressing on these, these issues or these questions, he's the perfect person to turn to and to work those out.
0: Yeah, and if you've had new, re- new Year's resolutions this year that you're going to get things in order, well, don't push them off because you get past January, then it's going to be easy to push off till next year. But get these hard things taken care of. And uh, yeah, it might not be uh, the most uh, fun thing to go through for some people. Some people don't enjoy talking about finances, but it's so important your next 25, 30 years is dependent on it.
1: Indeed. So let's turn now to the mailbag and answer a couple questions from listeners that have come in over the last couple of weeks. And if you ever have a question, you can send it over to Mike's team at PrincipalPreservationServices.com. You can connect on Facebook, send them over a message there, or you can call 855-987-8888. So our first question comes in from Jane. She writes, I'll be retiring exactly one year. So what's on the list of things I need to do before I officially walk away?
0: Well, there's a whole list of things you can do, but let me twist it a little bit. And we've talked a lot about finances here today, but one thing is you should do right away is is make sure your health is good. That's one thing I tell people getting ready to retire, make sure you get a complete physical well before retirement. And also when you're working for you know the company, usually your health insurance is probably gonna be you know taken care of and health bills so make sure that everything is good health wise before you retire and that might uh, remind you to you might need a surgery you might need a knee replacement there might be some things and you might have all these accumulated sick days that sometimes you can't take with you that's so important to get taken care of while you're still employed and also look at the health insurance costs if you're going to retire before 65 because some people they just don't put that time and energy to find out what is the cost going to be, and they make that decision based off of emotion, but not off of facts, and find out health insurance is so expensive that they're going to actually spend on their retirement assets way too uh, fast. And it's, if they would've worked six months or a year longer, it would make a huge impact on their retirement. So make sure you get the health figured out before you retire.
1: Uh, That's a great answer, Mike. We don't usually think about that as much. We're worried about money and income and that sort of thing but you can't enjoy it if you're not in good yeah. health so that's a good point. right next question comes in from confused she didn't this person did not want to identify themselves confused in <laughs> woodbury they write and this makes sense why after you read this question i'm a little overwhelmed by how many accounts we have we've moved around to a lot of different jobs i think between my wife and i we have six 401ks three iras two Roth IRAs, two small pensions, a 403b, and then some individual stocks and whatnot. It's getting hard to manage, and I don't even know what we're invested in in all these accounts. How much do you think we can consolidate, and how will all that even work?
0: Yeah, that's it, it, we see a lot of this. Sometimes I've seen I've seen it even more. I think one client we had like 26 different accounts between husband and wife, and it was I said we need to simplify this for retirement. They're like, yeah, we can't even. And you know it's a problem when they said, "Oh, we." F- they come for the second meeting or third meeting. And go, oh, well, we'll let you know we found another account. <laughs> we found another one. And it's like, and some of these are pretty sizable accounts, and it's pretty sad when they find a twenty-five or fifty thousand dollars account that they forgot they had. Yeah, it's important to consolidate there. And by looking at, you know, uh, confused in Woodbury is um, six four hundred one ks, three IRAs, two Roths, a four hundred three b, leaving the pensions aside. Now when we look at that, I count that as there's 10 traditional type IRA, uh, you know, uh, qualified accounts, non-Roth accounts, and two Roth. So the IRS looks at the 401Ks and IRAs and 403Bs different. And we're trying to make things understandable and simple for our clients in retirement. Now, to consolidate is easy. These are all tax-free rollovers, so you're not taxed on converting these to IRAs. What we're recommending our clients is to have two IRAs total in retirement to make things simple. So you would convert those 10 accounts into just two. And we have a reason to show why that would be beneficial, but the IRS has different rules on distribution with IRAs than they do 401Ks and 403Bs because when you're 70 and a half, the rules change on you. And if there's a Roth 401k in there, which is not listed on there, but if there is, that could be uh, taxed for RMDs, even though it's not supposed to be, because you're not supposed to leave Roth 401ks in retirement plan when you're 70 and a half. So I would definitely recommend getting it consolidated, uh, confused in, in Woodbury, and explain to you why the IRS looks at these different how they look at them different to make it a lot easier and it's a lot easier to, to manage to look at two IRA accounts and two Roth accounts than just looking at, you know, the ten. And also pensions are different. We had to make sure these government pensions are these employee sponsored pensions, are they fully funded? Are they gonna continue or not? I mean we're dealing with the clients who have the Teamsters pension which they will run out of money here in about a you know five to six years. And so we need to plan accordingly for that if they are underfunded.
1: Well, not to poke fun at uh, confused, but that's this is one of a good example of why you you work with an advisor early on. And start the planning process earlier in your career rather than closer to retirement so that you have all these things kind of in order and you kind of know what to do with them way in advance. You don't have to work with 12 different accounts and uh, the whatnot, whatever that is, and try to consolidate them all at the end. So some good advice and a lot of things to consider, but you you definitely need to sit down with an advisor to try to work through all these different accounts and get them consolidated. Well, Mike, we have a few more questions. We're going to save them for the next episode. Um, we'll get okay. to those next time. But if you ever have questions, send them in, com. You don't have to identify yourself, or you can if you want to. Either way, we'd appreciate the questions, and we love answering them and helping you out anytime we have the opportunity to do so. If you have questions you don't want to air on the show, but you like to ask Mike and his team, you can call them at 855-987-888. So that'll do it for this episode of the Retirement Reality Podcast. Mike, appreciate the time. Another great episode, and uh, we hope people learned a few things during the show.
0: I hope so. We'll see you next week.
1: Thank you, Mike. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and you'll have the next episode delivered right to your inbox, and you can listen to it as soon as it comes out. So thank you for joining us on this episode. We will talk to you again next week.